Welcome to Relation Fix, the podcast dedicated to creating healthy, happy, and passionate connections with our loved ones. I'm Shana Dubay, your host. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. It's been way too long since I was last with you all. I first want to send out just a big thank you to all of my listeners for their patience and their support. I have finally gotten through my move, and we are in the new house. Uh, The process took a lot longer than I expected, which I should have known, but I didn't. So I'm finally back. I had many people asking me when we'd come back, and it really gave me the encouragement and motivation to get recording again. My aim with this podcast has always been to help people have beautiful and happy relationships of all different kinds, and it seems like people feel we're at least partially hitting that goal. So this season, we have some really good topics coming up. We are going to do some episodes on parenting, mental health, autism, coworkers, and the guests that I have lined up are really fun and such amazing people. I can't wait for you guys to be introduced to them. So don't forget that we are here every Monday. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of these new episodes. They're going to be great. Leave us a review or a comment, and please share these episodes. Today's episode is going to be really fun. We're going to talk about love languages, and who better to talk about love and all of its manifestations with me but the one and only love master, Frank is back. Thank you. I'm so honored to have that title. And now that I'm in a committed relationship, I feel like I'm actually using some of my skills. Yay! I'm so excited. And his relationship is amazing. Oh my God. Just saying. I knew I had to come back with like a really great episode. And Frank, you really were like the one person I wanted to. Like, you're my OG. Back at it. (laughs) I know. It's so good, right? You were here from the very beginning. And I just think it's a great way to come back again. I'm happy to be back. Thank you for inviting me. You're more than welcome. So today we're going to talk about love languages. And a lot of people have heard about love languages because of the work of one man. His name is Gary Chapman. Gary is a marriage counselor by trade, and he spent a lot of time with married couples. And when he did this, he started to see patterns. And most often his clients started to complain of not feeling loved and not knowing how to bridge the gap between the two people. He compiled the data from his years of clients and he recognized that people gave and received love in different ways, which is often what caused this discord. And these different ways fell into roughly five or so categories, and these became the love languages. That was an amazing book. I devoured that book in like a couple days easily. Gary yeah, Chapman's. it's a really, it's an easy read. It's a fast read, it and it's so packed with information. And I want to take a little bit of time to kind of break down what the five love languages are so that we just have an idea of what each one looks like and kind of how people give and receive love in different ways. The first one is quality time. Now, this one is like uninterrupted, one-on-one time. The most important piece to this is attention, like paying full attention, listening attentively, not being distracted. So not sitting next (laughs) to your significant other and both of you are on your cell phones. That's That does not count as quality time, even though I think that's what a lot of us do right now. I know I have done that many times. But you're supposed to have like sort of some special moments 
activities together, things like weekend getaways, things where the two of you get to just reconnect and be in that space where you re-engage with each other. And it needs to be consistent because if someone's love language is quality time, they need to have that on a consistent basis. So you want to avoid distractions like sitting on your phone Mm -hmm. or long gaps of time without time together or intimacy and just being caught up in like the busyness of life. If you're in a relationship, that relationship needs to be a priority. And if your person or you have quality time as their primary love language, then you need to know that you are a priority and the other person needs to feel that they are a priority. And so you're going to intentionally take time out of your day and make time for them. It's a huge thing. I know quality time is a big thing for you, right? I love quality time, yeah, which we can delve more into that later on too. But yeah, quality time, It's. I think it's so easy to feel a little unloved when we're not receiving yeah. that type of time. Um, I think about just even like going out to eat with someone and you, you're giving them your full attention and then the other person is on their phone or they're like really mm-hmm. into something else and they just don't feel present. They're there, but you're actually like not having those engaging conversations or like there's like a lackluster to the connection in that moment. Absolutely. I've tried to get into like the space where I, I put it away, yeah. like where I don't even see it, but I'm the, I'm kind of the same way. And you know, the, the addiction of, Technology that could be like a whole different episode. Technology it really and could. relationships. Ooh, that'd be a good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That would be an interesting show. But yeah. So, quality time. You know, one-on-one time. Attention is key. The second one is physical touch. Now, this one is pretty obvious, but it's nonverbal. It's body language and using touch to show love. It's a lot of physical affection, hand holding, kissing, snuggling could be like a little intimacy. Well, well, I think some people think it's just sex. No, not at all. Yeah. And physical affection and physical touch can be represented in lots of different ways. Being with a partner that has some difficulties sometimes or past traumas. And so physical touch is something that's very important to me. But that can be met with a foot rub or a back rub Mm. or just snuggling on the couch. Some sort of, you know, physical connection. You want to avoid physical neglect, you know, long gaps without being together, or even just being like unreceptive to touch. So if you are a person who physical touch is very important, you don't want to have a partner that's going to shy away from being touched or like clams up or is cold. That That's going to be really hard because it feels sort of like a rejection. Yeah. Number three is acts of service. So this is like acts and intentions that ease the burden of responsibility on someone. Acts of service is I'm going to help you to lessen the load of the stressful things in your life. It's about teamwork. It's about saying, hey, let me do this. Let me handle this. And I also think of it as a little bit of like anticipation of needs. Now, I am a big believer that nobody is a mind reader and that you should be willing to ask for what you need. But I also sort of understand the idea that you can anticipate needs. So if you have a regular routine of things that are happening, like every single morning you know that your partner is going to drink a cup of coffee, then it's okay to just put the coffee maker on, you know, and, and start the coffee. 
Or if you have kids and you know that they have to get up in the morning and you're going to need to pack a lunch or you're going to need to make sure they have clean clothes picked out or anything like that, just doing those like little day-to-day things that you know have to be done. And they don't always have to be huge. They can be just little things here and there that just reduce the weight. Or if you know your partner's in charge of laundry, but you have a little extra time and you can throw in a load, that type of thing, reducing the amount of stress that's on your partner, or if you are an access service person, if your partner does that for you, it feels so good. You feel really loved. You feel cared for. One of the things you want to avoid for access service is poor follow through on tasks. So if you say that you're going to do something and you don't do it, your access service person is going to feel like you don't care. Even if it's not true, we often can see that behavior and intention are not always the same thing but they are going to feel that way. Also, if you make other people's requests a higher priority than your partner's. So if you have, you know, requests at work or with a friend and your partner is like, hey, I I needed you to do this thing. And you're like, oh, I couldn't because I had to do this other thing. Like that can feel really alienating sometimes. Well, I have a question for you with that because of, because you are a parent, how do you balance your partner's needs with your child's? That's a really good question. When I try to think about it, I mean, I have to, in a lot of ways, because we have, I guess, what you would consider like, not really a blended family, but a, I don't even know what I would call that. My partner is like sort of a step parent kind of, um, but my daughter still sees her father every day. So we're still trying to kind of work that, that space out, but I often feel like my child's needs kind of have to come first in this particular circumstance because she goes to school and she goes to summer camp and things like that. I still try to do like day-to-day things to help balance the needs that my partner has. And I do expect her to communicate those things with me as well. It is can be hard balancing out, but I feel like, and I'm not even sure if this is the right answer or not, but it's, it's honest, is if my child needs something, I'm going to probably choose her need over Melissa's need just because Melissa's an adult. And I feel like, you know, my, my daughter isn't at the age yet where she's fully capable of totally caring for herself. Now, as she gets older and things are different then that balance might reshift, but it's, it's definitely presents a, an issue. I also think though, that just as a side note to add to this, if parents can share in the responsibility of what the child needs, it allows you to have more space to meet each other's needs as well. Sharing things like who puts her to bed, who makes sure she brushes her teeth, who gets her up in the morning, who brings her to school or camp, sharing those things allows some space. So if childcare responsibility really falls solely on one person or the majority on one person, it's really hard for that one person to then meet the needs of someone else because you only have so much energy. Yeah. And we often find, you know, there's obviously exceptions to this, but we often find that women tend to be the ones who do the kin keeping. And we've talked a little bit about kin keeping in other episodes. It can be really hard. It can be really hard to do that. But definitely sharing in that space can be really helpful. I was going to say it must make a big difference when when you have two parents or even like just two adults with children Mm -hmm. all in the same household. And it's like you have both people kind of both participating in just, I don't know, just like you said, relieving the stress 
from one another instead of like, I don't know, for example, the mother feeling like she has to do everything for the kids and then other stuff on top of it and just feels like so overwhelmed. It must be nice when the other person comes in and is like, hey, let me take some of that off of your plate. It's so helpful. You know, as a woman, and I assume that other people feel this way too, because I've talked to other mothers, you sort of feel like you can't ask for help Mm. or that you shouldn't ask for help. You should just sort of like suffer in silence and that you should give up everything of yourself for everyone else's needs. And I don't think that this is exclusively for women, but I do find that it impacts women a lot. Sometimes you just have to observe that your partner is having a really hard time or that they're stressed out. And you can ask, but a lot of times women feel like they it's wrong of them to ask, that it's their responsibility. I literally just had a client where I had her in there saying, you know, my husband does so much to help care for the kids. And I love that, but I feel like I shouldn't ask him for help or he shouldn't do it. And I'm like, why do you feel like he shouldn't do it? And she's like, because I feel like I should do it all myself. And it's so much. They have two like little kids. And I'm like, why do you feel it? You have to work too. You work full time. He works full time. He works from home. You guys have two kids. Why shouldn't he help out with this? And she's like, I don't know. I just feel like it should be my responsibility. I honestly, I've seen that stigma online. If like, especially if both parents are working, it's almost like the mother ends up being the bad parent or the bad mom if she's not taking on very much responsibility. Very much so. And it's, I think it's just old patterns. Yeah. It's not really the case anymore. It's just sort of old patterns from when women were mostly responsible for staying home and taking care of the home and the children. But that's just not the case anymore. Yeah, A lot of this needs to be readjusted. Men and masculine people out there, if you have the ability to like step up and help your feminine and people and women and mothers, and if you help them to kind of take care of that space, I'm sure they will be forever grateful to that because it does feel a lot and it's hard sometimes. Hmm. Number four is words of affirmation. So this is like encouragement, appreciation, validation, praise, any type of verbal expressions of love. And remember we did an episode on validation, appreciation, (laughs) and praise. I remember. Yeah. And that that's very much like words of affirmation. So these are little notes or texts like it's so easy to send a text with like a little kissy face or something or even you know if you're talking about other types of relationships even friends it's so easy to send a quick text just to reach out and let someone know that you're thinking about them and it's a way to show and tell that you have gratitude for that person that you're happy that you're thinking about them you could write like little love letters I do this for my daughter sometimes as I put like little notes in her, in her lunchbox just to open up and be like, and even if I just say, you know, I love you, I hope you have a good day. But like, sometimes I try to put like little quotes or like, if you're having a hard time, just remember to take a breath, it's going to be okay, kind of thing. But like those little gestures in that space, especially for someone where words of affirmation is a big deal, it just feels like you're really supported and cared for. You want to try to avoid any type of criticism, but not even just criticism, but things that are unwarranted or harsh criticisms. You want to avoid disconnection or the lack of acknowledgement of the other person. And they just, they want to hear it. And I am a firm believer that words don't mean everything, but they don't mean nothing. 
words can be very important. And sometimes you want to hear how much you mean to someone. I know a lot of people say actions speak louder than words or almost like make it that actions are more important than words. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that doesn't mean words mean nothing. Yeah, I think actions are really important. You know, follow through and reliability and authenticity is really important in a relationship. But sometimes you really just want to hear it. Sometimes you want to have both. Like, I feel that way. Like, don't tell me that you love me and care about me and then don't do anything to help me or be there with me. But sometimes you can feel like, yeah, this person's doing a lot. They're going to work every day. They're doing stuff around the house. But you just want to hear like, hey, I just want you to know how grateful I am that you did such and such a thing for me. Or thank you so much for cooking dinner last night. I really appreciate that. Or I love you. You're important to me. I think those things are important too. I want to hear, I I, I guess I want all of it. I want all of them (laughs) right now. (laughs) We'll get into that. Greedy. So yeah. So number five and the last one is receiving gifts. And I know, you know, when Frank and I were talking about this earlier, it's also, it's also kind of like giving gifts, right? I I just feel, I don't know. I tend to meet more people that actually like giving gifts more than receiving the gifts themselves. I know some people who like receiving gifts too, but I I've met quite a few people, including myself that just tend to enjoy the act of giving it more than receiving it itself. Yeah. I have this sort of like gut reaction a little bit to receiving gifts because it feels like sort of selfish, I think, this idea. And this is just my sort of visceral visceral reaction to it. But when I was reading about it and kind of thinking about it, it was like tangible symbols of love and thoughtfulness. It's a space of effort. And it's not just about like, hey, I want you to buy me a bunch of things. Like diamonds are a girl's best friend. Like everybody needs to buy me stuff. It's not really that. It's more like, hey, I was out at the store and I picked you up your favorite snack. It just gives you this idea that they're thinking about you, that you matter and it's thoughtful. And it's also gifts when it's appropriate to give, like for your birthday or anniversaries or Christmas, that you're really thoughtful, that you spend time thinking about what you're giving. It's not a haphazard gift or something random that you just, you know, randomly picked up like, oh, here's something. It's like you spent time thinking about what this person would like, what they reminded you of. And that's kind of the idea of the gifts giving and receiving space for me. People want to know that you're thinking of them, remembering special occasions, remembering that it's your anniversary and making sure you did that. I had an ex who, (laughs) I won't say names, but my birthday was exactly a week after his never could remember it he never could remember my birthday i think it kind of tied into Mm -hmm. it was like a mix of receiving gifts slash words of affirmation because all these people would be wishing me a happy birthday and i'm like why isn't my boyfriend wishing me that like why why can all these people which i get it like sometimes they get notified online Mm -hmm. or something but i'm like why it it definitely it definitely stung a little bit yeah when i i'm gonna have a short story time. Okay. When I was younger, my parents were going through a really difficult separation. And there was one Christmas of 1996, (laughs) sad Christmas, where my, both my parents forgot to get me any gifts for Christmas. And they were both so deep in their own pain 
that they didn't recognize me. And I just felt so left. I felt so like lost in that space. And so it was less about the gift itself and more about they didn't even think of me. And I I just remember being very hurt. I mean, I was only 17 at the time. Now I sort of understand where they were at, but at the time it was like really, really painful. And so I kind of think about receiving gifts in that strain of like just being remembered, knowing that this other person is thinking about you, knowing that you matter to them. You know, it's such an important piece of relationships and being a human is mattering to people. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) what happens when you're in a relationship with someone who has a very different love language than you do? It can really make you feel unseen or unheard or unimportant. All the use. We often can feel really unloved in this space. And I know for me in my earlier relationship with my daughter's father, rich at the time when we were together, he was a very much an acts of service person. He still is like, he has not shifted from that very much. And I was very much like a physical touch person, words of affirmation type person. And I wanted that like emotional and physical connection. And so we missed each other. We missed the mark with each other because he showed love and received love in a very different way than I did. And so I often was like, he doesn't even care about me. He does. I don't matter. Why won't he do these things for me? Why doesn't, why doesn't it matter? And he felt very much the same way because I didn't meet him in that space either. He felt like all the mundane, difficult things of life really fell on his shoulders. And it just was so heavy with responsibility and I was over here saying, why aren't you touching me? Why aren't we intimate? Why aren't you loving me? Why aren't you telling me how much you love me and you want to be with me? And he's like, I'm so burdened and heavy with responsibility that I don't have any room for that. And I was over here feeling like I feel so abandoned and rejected and not connected. Understanding another person's love language you have the ability to sort of move through that a little bit and try to meet someone where they're at. I didn't know any of this information then. And it might have been helpful in that space. But even awareness of past experiences is still powerful. Absolutely. And I really think that understanding what people really need is a high form of communication. Mm -hmm. If you look at people's love languages, it's really like, how do I communicate that, that I'm loved and that I love you, and how do I receive love when you come towards me? And if you give and receive love in different ways, you can always learn how to give love to your partner in a way that they can feel it and see it. Exactly, yeah. Do Have you ever had any experiences with, like, kind of missing oh, yeah. each other a I little mean, bit? I, so my love languages, I think, have changed a little bit which we'll probably we'll get into ours yeah in a second but I words of affirmation used to be a top one for me I'm also a big gift giver like I said earlier and Mm -hmm. I was giving a lot of words of affirmation and a lot of gifts to past partners and those weren't their love languages a lot of them tended to have physical touch kind of higher than I did Mm -hmm. sometimes some people think like okay I'm going to figure out my love languages and I'm just going to give that to the world And not thinking about, we said, like, 
what the other person's love language actually is and that we should be trying to give them that. My current partner, I don't exactly know his love languages, but as we've been getting to know each other, I would say physical touch and acts of service are probably higher, maybe quality times like a third. And so him and I don't have the same exact love languages, but I think you can make it work Give if you're nourishing each other's love languages. And yeah, it's that communication. It's that understanding of one another. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all say that probably all of them have some degree of importance. Oh, yeah. But usually there's kind of like one or two that are like your main highest ones of giving and receiving love. What about your love languages? What would you say your percentages are? So I have the exact percentages. You do? I'm so unprepared. Well, no, no, no. Because remember, this was when I think it was me and Monica at Cheesecake Factory. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is the results from that one. So this is like a year ago. It's a little bit older. I want to yep. say I probably could redo it again, but I think it's probably still kind of around Ooh, the I'm same. Oh, I'm just kidding. I have my percentages. I forgot. Oh, Yay. Okay. <laughs> so here's mine. So okay. 40% is quality time. 40%. 40%. Which wow. words of affirmation used to be my number one. And now it's my number two at 30%. Yeah. So you can see those two are your main ones. So quality time is so important for you in relationships is having that like one-to-one connection time. I guess all three percentages are kind of... They're They're a little on the higher side, yeah. But then receiving gifts is 7% and acts of service is 3%, which are much lower. Wow. And I was trying to understand why they're at the percentages because I am a writer. So words of affirmation kind of made a little bit of sense. Like I see the value in words, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if like what quality time, if I felt like neglected during certain parts of my life or something or I just kind of as we get older I just appreciate like oh this might be the last time I'm spending time with this person I might not be able to get that again and I just kind of like when you're younger I don't think you think about some of that stuff as much because you yeah. haven't faced loss he's to not that. old people he's, like, he's <laughs> well, not 31 old. now he's 31 <laughs> but I've had a lot of loss yeah I mean I had yes. loss yes. when I mean I was eight, nine years old. And I had, I had one friend stabbed for lunch money. Oh my God. And thrown into the Connecticut river for lunch money. Oh my God. That's just terrible. For, I mean, people die for really small reasons. Wow. Unfortunately. Yeah. And just, yeah. And like, I, I had quite a few friends pass away at a really young age and I just didn't. So I that definitely can change. It. Yeah. How you feel. So absolutely. And I just, yeah, I guess the more loss you have, you, I maybe start realizing Oh, like (laughs) I want to try to spend as much time as I can, especially like when you lose a family member and I feel like other Mm -hmm. family members are like, oh, maybe we should spend time with each other. I so get that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we only have, you know, time goes by so fast. And then with acts of service, I, you know, I hate to put in like a negative light, but I think I just was let down in a lot of ways where like I thought someone was going to like help me out or be there and then they weren't. So Mm -hmm. then it became a very unimportant thing for me because I'm like, well, I just have to do it on my own and I'm used to that. It's so interesting because I I think of you and I see you as like such a self-sufficient person. You very much are like, I don't want you to help me out (laughs) with this. Like I have the ability to like handle it myself. And it's so interesting because we'll talk about mine, but access service is big for me. And so it's, interesting now looking at this like how we might miss each other a little bit on some things boy that's really interesting i feel like we've had an epiphany moment here 
I think just because two people having different love languages, it doesn't mean they just should never be friends oh, or no, never not be together. No. It's just yes. like it's doomed. I think if both people are putting the effort to give each other that need, then mm-hmm. yeah, it could definitely be, be beneficial. Absolutely. I totally, I totally get that. What is your love languages like? With like words of affirmation and physical touch were so huge for me. But what I have realized is that over time, and I think this is because as I've gotten older and as I've had a child and now I have a home, that acts of service is number one for me at 30%. I think that makes sense. And it really makes sense because I feel overwhelmed often with everything. And, you know, I have ADHD. So one of the harder parts of ADHD is that my organization level is low sometimes. And I really struggle, even though I want to be organized, it's really hard for me. And so when I look at somebody doing something that takes some of that strain off of my load, it really is really helpful for me. I feel less stressed. I feel better. I have more time for self-care, I have more time to think of other people's needs because I also like to do things for other people too. So I'm definitely the person where like in the morning when my partner gets up, I make them breakfast. I turn the coffee maker on. I might not say the nicest things. (laughs) I can be harsh. I can admit that to myself. For me, doing something means something. And my mom was very much that person. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I understood her as much when I was a kid because I, I was very different then. But now as an adult, I really understand how much it helps to have somebody there as a team to support you work towards things together. Like that's really, really important for me. A very close second is physical touch at 27%. So for me, you know, that's, that's really important as well. Receiving gifts was 17%. Huh. And actually that's interesting. I love to give gifts. I love to get things. I am very much every single store I go into I am the person that's like, oh, this person would love this. Oh, let me grab that. Or if I'm out and about, like, I'll stop and pick up Melissa's favorite snack or or say, oh, Evie would love this thing. So I love to do that. And I love when I get home and she's like, oh, I got you this thing at the store. It's just the idea that she thought of me when Evie goes to school and she makes me like a little mom card or something like that and gives that to me. Like, I just love it. That was higher than I really thought that it was going to be. I was going to say, yeah, you didn't, you didn't seem like the type of person that it, that wasn't just like about receiving a gift, but more so the like thought behind it. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm someone that personally likes like those handwritten cards and I like to, I like to feel like I'm being heard. So if someone does get something for me that I talked about or something Mm -hmm. like months ago, that's really nice. I know for me, which I don't tell a lot of people this, but I have this little like notes in my phone. So when people are talking about things they want, I make a note of that gift. And then I try to like plan that as a gift in the future for like a birthday or Christmas. I do the same thing. (laughs) I have a little gifts. Because I probably won't remember tomorrow. Yes. (laughs) I have a little gifts note thing on my phone. Yeah. That every time someone mentions anything, I'm like, oh. But I have a bad habit of buying my own gifts. (laughs) Yes. You're the worst person to buy for because I'm like, oh, my God. It's that self-sufficiency. I'm like, I'll just get it myself. No one's going to get it for me. (laughs) But I'm like, let me do this for you. 
oh, and then I'll get it. I got him this Jay so, Shetty book say, for his birthday. Shana I was like, oh my me, God, he loves Jay Shetty. This is going to be great. She got me an amazing book that I already owned because I didn't think anyone was going <laughs> to get me that book. Yeah. So I definitely like doing that. Like for me, being thoughtful around gifts is really, really important. I don't want to just give a gift to say I gave a gift. Yeah. I want them to open it and be like, this is the best gift I've ever received in my life, which doesn't always happen. But I really try to be thoughtful around that. And I like to receive thoughtful gifts as well, because it really is just the like the effort behind it. It's the thought behind it that makes me feel happy. Words of affirmation is at 13% and quality time is 13%. That's interesting. Yes. So what I complete opposite a little. Yeah. So what I have actually noticed about myself is when I feel like my other love languages aren't being met, like if I if I feel like somebody's not, you know, delving into acts of service or not meeting me with like physical touch, particularly in my like intimate relationships, then I I sort of shift down. And I'll, I'll hear myself saying, do you love me? How do you feel about me? I love you. I love you. I love you. Like, I'll like be talking a lot as like a way to check in. It's like all of a sudden, cause I'm not getting those needs hit that it's almost like I feel this like pull towards needing that reassurance. Cause I, I, cause I don't feel it as much, but I never really made that connection until I was just actually doing this, this episode. That I actually had a couple epiphanies, mm. honestly, when it come when it comes to that stuff, because that's something that I definitely am guilty of doing myself. And I thought that I was asking my partner at the time those questions, and then I've discovered, like, I actually was asking myself those questions and was battling with a lot of like self love and self identity yeah. stuff. And I'm like, that relationship definitely needs to be mm-hmm. pretty strong because it's it's one thing to give the other person what they want but then if you're not even giving yourself your own love languages or your own like Mm -hmm. self-love it's like okay like (laughs) absolutely and i i think you know we started out this podcast with an episode on self-love yeah and what we said back way back when when we first started we said it starts with you yeah and it really does it really starts with you. You have to meet yourself with your own love languages. That was perfectly said. And I totally agree that we often give so much of ourselves to others that we don't have anything left. I listened to this little snippet with um, Iyanla Van Zant, who Monica loves her, right? Oh. And she said, my cup runneth over, which is a like a sort of a biblical reference of this idea of I like, I really thought of Shakespeare. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does sound sort of like that, right? But it's a biblical reference of this idea of my cup runneth over. And so the idea is, is that everything that's in the cup is for me. Mm-hmm. And everything that runs out of the cup is to give to everyone else. But we're so used to pouring out of our own cup over and over and over again that we are depleting ourselves. And basically they said, if you give someone something that you need for yourself, you make that person a thief and they don't even know it. And Uh, I was like, Oh damn. (laughs) And I was sitting there going, Oh my God, I do that all the time. And a lot of us do it. Yeah. There's dust bunnies coming out of my cup sometimes. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And I was like, Whoa, 
I got, I have goosebumps right now, even just thinking of that, because how often do we do that? We give so much extra of ourselves and we, because we want to people please, or we don't want to tell people no, or, you know, we're worried that this other person's going to judge us or not be there. And then we're going to end up alone. Yeah. And it's really distressing, but we end up like giving so much out of our own cup that our cups are either bone dry or there's like a drop left. And we have to fill our cups up so that they're running over and all that overflow is what you give out to everyone else. Everything in the cup is yours. It's really powerful. Imagine if we lived that way. Boy, it'd be a different world, I think. We'd be a lot more moist. (laughs) Yes, everyone would be wetter, which, you know what? In my mind, not a bad thing. What is great? Wet people are happy people. (laughs) That's why mermaids are always smiling. (laughs) Exactly. All that beautiful hair. <laughs> so we have some Facebook comments, right? Yeah. That we wanted to go through, which thank Put you for podcast everyone. podcast question of the week. Yeah. Thank you guys for responding to that and being interactive because that definitely helps. Oh, absolutely. I, I really love when people interact with what we put out there. It's really, really helpful to get you guys' input. So this first one is from Peter P. <laughs> We're a big fan of Peter. Thank you. Oh, love Peter. I love Peter. And he's such a good support for the podcast. I so appreciate him listening and being so encouraging. He's an amazing person. If you're a single man, you should date Peter. <laughs> yes. He's a really good man. He's done so much work. He's so incredibly insightful. He's an amazing dad. Yeah, I would have solved some of my problems years ago. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so Peter P. says, being present, listening, putting the other person first when that's what they need, spending time with them, being responsive. I know if someone loves me or more to the point doesn't by whether I am a priority to them. Am I important enough? They respond timely when I reach out. When I try to make plans, are they vague or do they actually and actively make a plan of time and date to work with to me? I know it when I don't feel like an afterthought, which is rare. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. I know. But you know what? You can really see how like his thought process is similar to yours. I feel like quality time is going to be like one of his highest. It's got, yeah, quality time has to be. The only thing that I think I've changed a little bit about was mm-hmm. that um, the expectation of responding in a timely manner. Yeah. I've had to, I've almost had to like look myself in the mirror when like I couldn't respond in a timely manner and someone was affected negatively by it. I'm like, oh, like now I know what it's like the other way around because I used yeah. to feel very negative when people weren't responding in a timely manner. I have a hard time with that too. If I reach out, I want them to get back to me really quickly. And if they don't, then I start to feel a little bit like rejected almost or like I don't matter. And, but when I'm trying to be like more present and be with the people that I'm with or I'm with clients and things like that, then, and I can't respond back or, you know, I finished with a client and I have like 16 texts I'm like, oh, oh, see, guess what? These people actually have lives too. Maybe they have people they're <laughs> wanting to be connected to think, that are other than me. And it doesn't mean I don't matter to them. They just, exactly. they're, they're just trying to be present in their own lives as well. I think part of it too that I noticed, I think that's definitely a big piece of it. And mm-hmm. then part of it is there's just been times where 
And I know some people get this way too, or like if you feel so overwhelmed or so exhausted or depressed or anxiety or whatever you're going through, sometimes like I'll just be like laying there and minutes will go by where I'm not responding to people because I just like need to breathe for a moment. Like I need to be there for myself. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that was hard for me to understand that other people, they had to be there for themselves first before they could even like entertain me. Yes. Being generous with our assumptions of people is really important. Definitely. Another comment was from John V. And he said, by showing or demonstrating all five different love languages, kind of like a divergent (laughs) or like the last airbender. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Honestly, I kind of get that. I get it too. Because like you said earlier, all five are important. Yeah. I mean, they might come at different levels. And I... I don't know that everyone, like if you look at your quality time, your quality time is almost half. Yeah. And so, you know, acts of service is so low for you, but I don't think that, you know, if you were living with someone or whatever, and they like helped do things around the house, like you're not going to be like, oh, that, that was, I didn't need you to do that. I was just going to mention now that I'm actually in a relationship Acts of service, I'm definitely appreciating a little bit more because I'm with someone that is actually reliable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, Well, it's interesting because as you create greater levels of trust, maybe that will go up for you. (laughs) Now I'm in a therapy session. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But that is true. What tends to happen with me (laughs) on that? Like, I, I love them all. I think they're all really interesting. I do... Because of where my life is right now, I think that acts of service is so high for me and physical touch is really important. But I I definitely think all of them, like, I want to hear that someone loves me. I, you know, I want them to, you know, give me little treats and things every now and then, things to surprise me or light me up. I like those types of things. Yeah, even small percentages. (laughs) It doesn't mean just never give that to your partner. You know, and even though quality time was lower on my list, I... Definitely, like if I don't get to spend any time with you, I'm gonna be peeved. Yeah, you still miss people. Yeah, absolutely. I hate not having any time. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be all the time, but I do want time with my people too. So I really, I get, I get what you're saying, John. I'm, I'm on board. I get it too. Yeah. And Andrew C says, back up those sweet words with the same actions. Be affectionate, attentive, and caring. Communication is important. XOXO. Yeah, I love that. And that one, like, I feel like that's like a little bit of words of affirmation space and physical touch. Yeah, it's, it's a so mix. So it's kind of like, you know, it could be a little acts of service too in there as well. But it felt like sweet words is like, you know, like I love yous and that kind of verbal communication and then backed up by physical touch of closeness, you know, without having him take a test. That That's kind of how it felt to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I Now that I'm even looking at it again, like action kind of ties in a little bit with like the quality time in a way too, because when he says attentive and like, that's part of quality time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit of mix. Very, I think very important qualities for sure in a relationship. I think a lot of us actually want these things. And then some of us just either don't have the energy to give it or just like, don't even think about Mm -hmm. giving it because they're so wrapped up in something. And so it might be, an important thing for people to take a little bit of time out to find out why they might be so tapped out. What are the things that are happening in your life that 
really pull and zap that energy? Are you giving too much of yourself and not filling your own cup? Are you giving of yourself with the intention of trying to people please or be in a space where you're trying to control other people's behavior or to feel more significant? If we look back at the six human needs, we're often consumed with controlling everything and being the most significant person we can. And when we're in that space, it's really, really hard for us to have any energy to do the rest of our life. We need to shift to growth and contribution. And in that space, all of our other needs are met. And then it allows you to really show up in a way where you can meet someone's love languages and you can meet your own as well. So in relationships, it's really important to have this type of good communication and understanding of one another, knowing how you and your partner give and receive love can be very helpful. We gave some good examples of what that looks like. If you love different ways, then you can meet each other there. You can figure out, you know, oh, this person really wants quality time. So I know I'm going to set some time aside for this person. If this person really loves to, you know, receive a little gift or wants to know that I'm thinking of them, you know, I'm going to bring home a little snack. We can just We can do little things here and there to kind of meet the other person so they feel loved and seen because that is really a big piece of what keeps us connected. I recommend taking the quiz. I will put all the links in the show notes and all of Gary Chapman's books are really insightful and interesting. I recommend reading them. Like we said before, they're they're easy. They're quick to get through, but there's just a lot of really good information. I think he has like six books now. I think so too. I know for me, sometimes self-help I like to read, but then sometimes it's easier to listen to it. So, I mean, you could always get yeah. like an audio book version of this and like go for a walk or work out or drive even or whatever. Absolutely. And if you, if you want to read this or do more of this with your partner, that'd be great or any loved ones. We give love to lots of other people that aren't just our partners. Talk to your partner, find out what their love language might be. If they don't want to take the quiz, ask them and then try to fit it within the framework and see, you know, are we maybe missing each other? Maybe that's why sometimes we're having a little trouble. So I encourage you to really talk about this and take it with you. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. I think it was pretty fun and insightful. And thank you, Frank, of course, for being here again. The love master, apparently. (laughs) Yes, I believe that to be true. And it's always my favorite experience when you're on here. It just feels really good. And I feel happy. It's my definitely my happy space. So don't forget to join us every Monday and we will see you next time. Be well. Bye. If you want to share your experience, write a comment or contact us on Instagram at relationfixpod or email us at relationfixpodcast at gmail.com and tell us about it. All this information will be available in the show notes as well. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, and share it with your loved ones. 